Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello, Bessie, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I have what I think is going to be um, a pretty, pretty kick-ass episode. Um, I spent a lot of time on this one. Not that I, well, to be honest, I don't spend a lot of time on a lot of my episodes. I'm like, I do a quick outline. We're going to get it together. For this one, I kind of brainstormed the list of things I wanted to talk about. And then I was like, you know what? This would make an excellent blog post. So then I wrote a whole blog post and now we're going to go through the blog post. Um, I'm going to use that as the outline. We will of course link the blog post in the show notes. So that way, if you also like to read, you want to dig into this information a little bit more, you can do that. But before we dive into that, I have to remind you that this coming week, this next week on Tuesday, the 13th of December, 2022, I am doing my first series of masterclasses in I think a, a year. And this is going to be a really fun one. I've titled it Seven Legal and Tax Myths Busting Through the BS That's Costing You Money. And the free training, we're going to talk about bad advice, overhyped tax strategies, and common misconceptions. I'll share a lot of what not to do's because oftentimes your should-do list is actually much simpler than you may assume. So seven legal and tax myths. If you want to hear what the myths are, if you want to learn what you actually should be doing, please sign up and join us. The link is www.bradendrake.com forward slash masterclass. We will put the link in the show notes as well. So if you're on your phone, you can just scroll down to the show notes and click on it. But if you want to go directly there again, www.bradendrake.com forward slash masterclass. Uh, I'm going to be teaching for about 45 minutes, like I always do. And then for about 10 minutes, I'm going to give you the pitch into our membership, ProfitRx. If you're not already a member, this is going to be a great time for you to join if you're interested. If you join while you're live on the masterclass, we'll have a special bonus that you'll only be able to get access to if you show up live and join. And um, we're going to have some really amazing bonuses during this launch that we've not offered before. Um, I'm not going to tell you what those are. You have to come to the training to find out. I think you're going to really, really like it. Uh, and also once we close the doors to the membership, uh, we're actually moving to a closed door model, meaning you won't be able to join at any point in time. We're doing this for a few reasons, but we really want to be able to get a cohort of students in that will be working through the content together that we can help, uh, on a similar path. And so that we can really be full fully focused on our new members when they join and kind of focus less on the marketing and the business. So we're really helping people get results. So that's what's happening. Uh, check out the masterclass. If you are interested, join us. Um, if you can't make it live, we will have a replay, but of course we're uh, giving all the incentives we can for you to come live. If it does fit into your calendar. Also there's two times, which is great. We love some time options. All right. So your year in action plan, it's the fourth quarter. We're in Q4. We are, the clock is ticking. We have a few more minutes to make your biggest and best moves to win this hypothetical game uh, that, that we're talking about. This is a, a sports analogy, Bestie, if, if you like sports. Winning the game in this context means maximizing your tax savings. And I would like to game plan uh, 
because or I want you to game plan because most folks are calling the wrong place. All right. Hopefully this metaphor is not getting too out of hand. Um, I'm the coach. You're the quarterback. If you know what that means, I'm helping give you the strategy, but it's up to you to execute the game plan. And that's what we're, that's what we're breaking into, into this episode. So first of all, to spend or not to spend, we got to do a little bit of background before we get to like the actual, the actual bullet points. All right. To spend or not to spend. That's the magic question. I hear it every year. I see it on social people effectively say, I got to blow all my money so that I can pay less in taxes. Of course, they're not really phrasing it that way, but you know what I mean? Uh, that doesn't really make sense friend. Okay. Let me explain why. Assume that you're in the 20% tax bracket. This means 20% of all your income goes to taxes until you hit a higher bracket or deduct enough to go into a lower bracket, right? If you spend enough money, you'll go into a lower bracket. You'll be in a less, uh, less high, you'll be at a lower marginal tax rate. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and when I say 20% of all your income, like not exactly because, you know, we have standard deductions, all that kind of bullshit, but we're generalizing here. Okay. Assume you earn after all other business expenses, uh, after all of your business expenses, $100,000. So that's your profit. Your tax is 20% or $20,000, right? 20% on $100,000, $20,000 tax. Easy. Now you think, okay, it's December. I need to spend some money to get some more tax deductions. So I'm going to spend $5,000 before the new year. So let's break this down. Your taxable income now is 95,000, right? So we had 100 in profit minus five more, 95,000. Assume that you're still in the 20% tax rate, tax bracket, 20% of 95 is 19,000. So you end up owing $1,000 less in tax, right? You spent $5,000 to save 1,000. Before your tax was 5,000, now it's 4,000. You spent 5,000. So you spent $5,000 to save $1,000 in taxes. That's a 20% savings and you're in the 20% tax bracket. So that deduction saved you 20% in taxes. Math is fun. Okay. You see how this worked out? You're in the 20% tax bracket. So you save 20% in tax. And that's the way I want you to start to think about your tax deductions. So do we want to save? Do I want to save $1,000? Do you want to save $1,000? Of course, we all want to save $1,000, but is this a good financial decision? Well, it depends. First, you have to consider whether the thing was a good business investment. If this is a business deduction after all, right? Otherwise you just wasted $4,000. And to determine whether uh, it's a good tax decision, we have to dig a little bit deeper. So you need to consider your tax rate and also potential rate changes. So consider your business journey. Where are you now? Are you in a growth mode? So is your business naturally growing, right? Year after year, are you growing in revenue or are you at the point where you've pretty much hit the revenue that you want to be at and you're not going to grow unless you put like a really diligent effort into moving past a certain revenue marker. Also consider your other income sources. Do you plan to leave a full-time job next year? In which case you'll end up earning less. Do you have a spouse expecting a promotion or is your business going to double in revenue? In which case you would earn more. These things all impact your tax bracket. If you're in the 20% bracket now, but plan to be in the 30% bracket next year, does it make more sense to spend the money now in December or to spend the money in January? Think about that for a second. Do you want to spend the money now or in January if you're going to make more money and be in a higher tax bracket next year? The higher your bracket, the more you save with each tax deduction. 
If you expect an increase in income, spending in December might not be the move, right? You must also consider changes to our tax brackets. Congress likes to make changes. Many are set several years in advance. For example, your income could stay the same, but the bracket could change from 20 to 22%. Like that could just be written into the law years ago, happening years in advance, right? Which makes sense with our inflation adjustments. So we want to take this into consideration. Um, the reason why I'm talking about this in particular is because I see tons of people who market every year and they say, buy my thing to get your tax deductions in for the year, which A, I just don't think is like a very good sales tactic. Um, I've done it before though. So I'm not like totally shitting on everyone who does that. But at the same time, I'm like, that's not, you know, and I even say in my marketing, like that's not the primary reason you should be doing this. At the end of the day, we want to think about this in terms of what makes the most sense for our business profitability. What should we be investing in? And then let's think about the tax strategy after that. All right. So we also need to revisit your quarterly tax payments to make informed decisions on whether you should be spending money at the end of the year. Most of us need to be paying quarterly taxes. I have podcast episodes on that. I have a very thorough blog post on it. Go check them out. For more on that, um, we'll link we'll link the quarterly tax uh, episode in the blog post. Your quarterlies can also play into whether you should be spending money for your business. For this, we have two primary considerations. On one hand, if we haven't paid quarterlies, it might make sense to spend money. We pay interest and penalties when we pay late. If we get more deductions, we have less taxable income, which means a lower tax balance, which means less in penalties and interest. But spending money on deductions also means you, has a, you have less money uh, to actually pay the tax. So be careful. I've had clients come to me in April and say, well, I had $10,000 saved in December. So I spent all the money on business stuff to get my end of year tax deductions. And then I'm like, okay, great. So that saves you $2,000 in taxes. But now you're going to have a tax bill of $8,000 with $0 in the bank. That move is really helping no one other than the person you gave your money to, right? So weigh these two considerations uh, with the ones I noted above. If you expect your tax bracket to be similar next year and you have $10,000 in business savings and you expect your tax bill to be $5,000 and you haven't made any tax payments, your best move might, to be, might be to spend $5,000, but that's a lot of ands and ifs. So ultimately it's up to you to crunch the numbers. Another quick note, if there's not a business expense that would produce a clear and quick ROI, consider putting the money into a deductible retirement plan instead. Uh, we're going to talk more about that in a second. All right. Look into tax benefit phase outs. Many tax benefits are available to folks below certain income thresholds. The wealthy have all sorts of creative ways to avoid tax. Sometimes our elected officials throw the rest of us a bone as well. So we have, we have some tax benefits we can use. So one example is long-term capital gains. A capital gain in layman's terms is a profit from the sale of an, of, an, of an investment as opposed to income that we earn through working, having a business, et cetera. So think about stock sales, cryptocurrency, proceeds from the sale of a home and the like. A long-term capital gain. So I just explained what capital gains are, right? Money we profit from selling investments. A long-term capital gain 
is a gain that you get when you held that asset that you sold for more than a year. So you bought it like more than a year before you sold it. Short-term gains. So if you had it for less than a year, it's called a short-term gain. Those are taxed at our normal tax bracket rates. So just like all other income, it's taxed the same as earned income is what we would say in the tax field. Long-term gains, those ones that we hold for more than a year, get special tax treatment. Okay, so I put a tax uh, tax chart in the blog. You can go check that out. But the lowest tax bracket, uh, zero to forty one thousand and change, if you're single, if that's your taxable income, you pay zero percent tax on capital gains, long term capital gains. The next bracket goes all the way up to like four hundred and sixty k. That's fifteen percent tax, and then the highest bracket is twenty percent tax. So long story short you pay a lot less in tax on long-term capital gains. So uh, for example, if you're single and have taxable income of 40,000 and you sell stock that you held for two years at a $2,000 gain, you would pay $0 in tax, 0% in tax on that $2,000 gain, which I love that for you. If your taxable income was 42,000, now you pay a 15% tax, which would be about $300. Not a huge amount there. Is that math right? Let me double check that real quick. That sounds low to me. Did I do that right? 42,000 times point, point 0.15, right? No, that's $6,300. I got to update this whole damn blog post. So 15% tax would be $6,300. I must have calculated that as like 0 0.015. So I got to update all this math. So in that case, you get the picture, right? It's like, well, if your taxable income in this scenario is just a little bit higher, you're going to end up owing like thousands of dollars in taxes, in which case you can make a few critical decisions. You could wait and sell that, sell that stock next month as opposed to this month, right? So it's in the new year. Um, or you might actually want to do vice versa, right? The whole point of this is if you're making about 40,000 this year and you expect to double your income next year, and you were thinking, maybe I'll sell this investment like in two to three months. Maybe you want to sell it now because you're going to pay no tax on it as opposed to when you're making more money. Um, this is an example of, I often say like, you know, business strategy, investment strategy should, should really trump tax strategy. But in this case, like the likelihood that that investment is going to yield more than a $6,000 like increase in payout, if you were already planning on selling it in a few months is unlikely. So you want to weigh all of those things. Okay. I got to highlight that part, part of the blog post to update it before we publish. Okay. Additional phase out rules. So next year, next December, uh, I might phase out or circle back and uh, really update the system, uh, this, this system, this blog post, maybe do an updated podcast episode. Um, I couldn't make this like an A to Z guide in, in the time that I decided to put it out. So this is more of an overview, um, but we might update it as we move forward. So I hyperlinked to an article from Investopedia. You can all check that out. We'll put a direct link to it in the show notes, but they talk about um, the standard deductions and different phase out rules. So capital gains, phase outs for the earned income tax credit, which is really advantageous for lower income folks, qualified adoption expenses, the lifetime learning credit. So if you're getting credit for uh, higher education expenses, foreign earned income exclusion is a really big one. Um, for that, I actually did a whole series on digital nomad taxes this past spring. 
So if you're a digital nomad, you should definitely go link to those. And the list goes on. So part of your checklist would be to go through that list and that blog post and determine if you're close to any phase outs for those particular things, because then you know, you might want to take some tax deductions to stay under these phase outs. All right. Okay. So uh, get, let's get your retirement rolling. This is another sub bullet you have. Uh, fun fact for everybody. This is a really big one. I think you can contribute funds into your retirement account up until tax day to get retroactive tax savings. Let me repeat that. You can contribute funds into your retirement account up until tax day to get retroactive tax savings. But, 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 but you must have opened that account in the tax year in which you hope to take the deductions. So here's the tax strategy. Let's break this down. I like to use this for context. Let's say you open your self-employed retirement account in December party, right? You're going to do that now. Very exciting. You're not sure if you should contribute to it because you're not sure if you have enough to save for taxes. So you're like, Brayden, I have $5,000 saved. Would love to put that into retirement, but I don't know what my tax bill is going to be yet. No problem. You prep your tax return, let's say in March, but you don't submit it. You just prepare it. You don't submit it. It looks like you're going to owe $2,000 grand. You have, let's say $6,000 saved. So then you put 4,000 into that retirement account that you had opened in the prior year. Remember that's important. And now, depending on the type of account you have, your tax balance goes down if you're going to get deductions. You submit the return, you pay the tax balance, and you get all the benefits without having to do the guest work now in December. So all you have to do now is open the account. And again, this is going to vary based on the type of retirement account you have. We're not getting into all those details. For that, I do have another blog post on retirement accounts. Now, if you've been reading closely, you may think, well, isn't this like all the other spending stuff where it might make more sense to get the deduction in the new year? So should we wait and contribute in January instead of December? Maybe, maybe not. The most popular retirement plans have contribution limits. So you can only contribute up to a certain dollar amount each year. So ideally, if you haven't, let's say you haven't really started saving yet. Ideally, like if you're going to open a Roth IRA or some kind of other IRA, maybe your goal is to max it out in 2023. So for now, you're like, we can put as much money in it as we can, depending on what your tax return is, all that kind of stuff for this current year, and then hope that you're going to make enough in 2023 to max it out for that year. So that's the way you want to think about that. So go read that blog post for more on retirement. Um, another one, utilizing your annual gift exclusion. This one, I'm not going to go through in detail. Go read the, the blog post if you're curious. But long story short, um, if you're going to be giving substantial gifts to family and friends, like cash gifts, property gifts, um, you get an annual exclusion, which is helpful. So if you, you know, maybe this is more like if your parents are planning to like give you $15,000 for your wedding or something like that, it would make sense for them to do that now at the end of the year, or let's say they want to give you $30,000, they give you some of that now, and then some of it in the new year. That's what we're talking about. So that's probably not going to apply to everyone, but go check it out. Um, end of year tax checklist, uh, another item you want to prepare for tax season, right? Tax season, probably not what you want to be thinking about headed into the holidays, but you want to get a head start. Okay. So particularly get a head start on your 1099s. Uh, if you're going to need to send 1099s, uh, we have a blog post on that too. We, you know what, when I do these episodes, I start to realize like how much 
really incredible blog content we have in addition to our podcast. I tend to, podcasts are great, obviously for a lot of topics. The time when I usually do blogs are essentially episodes that I think if this were just a podcast episode and someone really needed to like sit down and take notes while listening, like you can listen in your car, but you're thinking, okay, I'm going to need to go back and re-listen to this when I'm at my desk so I can take notes. Those are the kind of topics that we like to put in blog posts. So then you don't have to like transcribe and dictate the whole episode. You can just go read the blog post because we're going to have a lot of hyperlinks. We're going to have flowcharts. We're going to have the visuals and checklists and to-dos and blueprints and you get the picture. All right. So those are the kind of blogs you can find on our website if you want to go dive into those. And we have a really amazing one on 1099s. You'll see me share a lot about it in January. But what I recommend in particular is just read that and start collecting your W-9s. So anyone that you are going to need to send a 1099 to, you need to get a W-9 from them. Um, and it's helpful to start to do it now because what happens is everyone waits until January and everyone waits until like the second, third, sometimes later week in January. And you have to get your 1099s issued by the end of January. So if you wait to start collecting your W-9s um, by the second or third week, and you're not hearing back from people, well, you don't have enough time to get the W-9s from them. Now your 1099s are going to be late, and then you're going to end up owing penalties. And we do not want that for you. Okay. Ideally, and a lot of you may already be doing this, if you follow my guidance or anyone else's, ideally, you want to get W-9s from folks as soon as they start doing contracted work for you. So, but I recommend getting them before you ever pay people because it's the incentive. You want money, you got to give me your W-9 because some people don't want to give them out during tax season. But if you haven't done that, do it now. Uh, our next item is to wrap up your bookkeeping. So Bestie, I want you to level with me for a second. Honest question. Give me an honest answer in your head. How is your bookkeeping going for this year? Are you a wait until March type of person? We don't really want to do that, A, because it's stressful, and B, because how are you going to do your annual planning? I love annual planning. Hopefully, you also love annual planning. How are you going to plan for 2023 if you don't have the numbers that you need? So from a legal and tax perspective, I'm talking about planning on whether you should file for an S corporation in the new year. If the numbers are telling you that you are ready to do that, we want to do that like from the start, January first, ideally. Ideally, we want to do it like in December. By the end of December, you get your paperwork filed so that you have your LLC set up for January 1 if you don't already have it done. And then we elect your S-corp status and you are off and running to save your taxes, do all the things, get your system set up for the new year. You got to have your numbers for us to make those decisions. That's really important. Um, also, you can revisit your estimated taxes. Uh, make sure that you've paid what you need to pay. If you end up finding out you made a lot more than you thought you did, maybe you want to make an extra tax payment. You also, and this one's a little bit more complicated, but if you made a lot more than you thought you did this year and you have money in the bank, key, and you have money in the bank, it's possible you can file a late election for an S-Corp, meaning you can elect S-Corp status for the current year, run your payroll and save some taxes. That one's more complicated. Don't do it without, don't do that one without like one-on-one -on -one expert advice. Okay. So those are some legal and tax things that we need your numbers for, but I'm just talking about annual goal setting, right? So right now um, I've been preparing for 
uh, the annual planning meeting that I do with my team, where we outline, we call them quarterly rocks, which comes from the book Traction by Gina Wickman. It's how we plan our big projects for the year, like implementing SEO strategy, getting back on Pinterest, building out a new course. These are all big picture tasks. And we're going to use our numbers to inform these things, right? We're going to review what sold well this year, what didn't sell well. There are things that I, ugh, everybody, there are things that I try and try and try to do and they never work. And oftentimes if I would just have went and looked back at my numbers, I would have remembered that it didn't work and I would know why, and then I would not do them anymore. Okay. So having your bookkeeping done also just helps with that, uh, that kind of planning. So what are we doing this year kind of planning? So. That is the gist of what I wanted to go through today. Um, we are going to have, um, I'm going to make a really cool uh, free download checklist. I posted on my Instagram story asking people uh, what they what they wanted uh, in terms of, I can't even talk anymore. I've been, been rambling for too long. Whether they'd want like a Google Doc checklist, a PDF download or something else. And the vast majority of people said PDF download. So I'm going to make uh, and design a pretty PDF download on all these different year-end action items that you should do. And you'll be able to get that uh, in the show notes and in the blog post. But most importantly, everyone, most importantly, we need you to join us for our free training. So I'm going to remind you one more time, seven legal and tax myths busting through the BS that's costing you money. We're going to talk more about these year-end action items. Um, and all of this is going to kind of tie together because I talked a little bit about S-Corps today. Uh, but I'm also going to talk about when S-Corps are really overhyped. So you might not need to do it right now. It might not make sense for you, or you might be way past time in which you should be doing that. All right. We're also going to talk about bookkeeping, um, all these kind of strategies in our program, in our membership. We help you with all of these things. And uh, the quick highlight, I told you we have a lot of amazing bonuses we've never offered before. Um, the support you're going to get inside of the membership has taken a huge step up because I've hired four employees in the past couple of months and they are uh, not all, but three out of the four of them are helping with uh, actually helping the students inside of the membership. So we're doing a lot more uh, handholding. I don't know if that's the best word for it, but a lot more guiding you through the process rather than just throwing a course at you. So I'm really excited, uh, especially as we go into tax season. If you know that you're gonna need some help wrapping up your bookkeeping, getting your tax return filed, all that kind of stuff, you're going to want to join the membership. And of course, if you want to do anything with your LLC, your escort, that kind of stuff, you're going to want to join. And above and beyond all of that big picture stuff, we have a lot of bits and pieces and nuggets on insurance, contracts, systems, processes, hiring, intellectual property, trademarks, copyright, all that kind of stuff um, that's going to be in the membership as well. In addition to a couple of new courses that we're creating for membership members. Um, all of that I'll talk about at the end of the masterclass after I'm done teaching you all the things. So again, www.braidandrake.com forward slash masterclass. I hope to see you there. It's going to be super fun. Uh, and we probably will not have them again for at least six months. So thanks as always for tuning in. If you love this episode, I would love, love, love for you to share a screenshot on your Instagram stories and tag me. Um, this is the biggest marketing push that we do all year. Our, um, we call it our fall, fall launch. It's really winter though, I know. But our fall launch to bring uh, all this content to folks because I know that what I teach for most people is most pressing uh, in December and January. So if you share the podcast, it helps people find us. It's helpful for me. It's helpful for them. Um, it's helpful for everyone. And we appreciate it. 
And we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.